Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. The Preaching of the Gospel with James Watkins. Seeing his divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue, whereby he hath granted unto us his precious and exceeding great promises, that through these you may become partaker of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world by lust. Yea, and for this very cause, adding on your part all diligence, in your faith supply virtue, in your virtue knowledge, in your knowledge temperance, in your temperance patience, in your patience godliness, in your godliness brotherly kindness, in your brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you to be not idle nor unfruitful unto the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He that lacketh these things is blind, seeing only what is near, having forgotten the cleansing from his old sins. Wherefore, holy brethren, give the more diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never stumble. For thus shall be richly supplied unto you the abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's from Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Let's notice the scope of Scripture together for the next few moments. Peter said, Seeing his, that's God's, divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. An interesting concept. His divine power. You know, it's interesting. He had provided the perfection of Eden for our foreparents, Adam and Eve. Yet, Eve succumbing to the allurements, the temptations of Satan, violated the prohibition God had placed upon them and forfeited the perfection of Eden. They were driven out of the garden. And God said to Adam, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread until thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. From that moment of transgression, the entire human family, the posterity of Adam and Eve, have been alienated from God. And yet, God in his great power made a promise. Right here in the initial transgression, in man's rebellion against his goodness, his mercy, his love, his grace, God made the promise as he spoke, you remember, to the serpent addressing Satan. I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. He, the seed of the woman, whom we, of course, know to be Jesus Christ, will bruise thy head a fatal blow. And thou, Satan, shall bruise his heel. And God worked for 4,000 years. Many times in great matters, most of the time, however, accomplishing those great feats through the little things that belong to his providence. It's marvelous indeed. You know, you would think that an all-powerful God, 
who determines to do something for his offspring, his crowning creation, man, would just strong-arm the entire matter, set man straight, line things up, and... Friends, God doesn't do things that way. Every man is made in the image and the likeness of God. God's desire, through his great love for his creature man, is that all men would respond to that love and render obedience to him who loves them supremely, who supplies their every need. And so despite the rebellion of humanity through the centuries, I mean the ungodliness of mankind, sure, it brought punishment, but there was always preservation. There was always the grace of God that made provision for the ultimate fulfillment of this promise. You see, his power never fails. It's an interesting thing when you stop to think about it. In Psalms 40 at verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I am come, in the roll of the book that is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Now that was written of Christ, and of course we know that's the case because it's quoted in Hebrews 10 at verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I am come, in the roll of the book that is written of me, to do thy will, O God. But think for a moment of the circumstances that prevailed. He was born, as we said, in Bethlehem. The wise men from the east came to Jerusalem seeking this king that was born. Hey, Herod heard about that. And he called those wise men in. He said, now you find him and you bring me word so that I may worship him. Yeah. And God warned them when they had found the master and offered him gifts and worshipped him to return home by a different route. They didn't go back, until, but then Herod sent and slew all of the male children in the environs of Bethlehem, two years old and under. He intended to slay this king. Ah, the prophets have foretold these wise men have had some kind of direction from God. This king is born. I intend to destroy him. Hmm. No, you're not going to destroy God's plan for human redemption. But isn't it amazing? Not strong-arm tactics. No, no. Providence, providence. In all of the negative conditions with which our Lord was confronted, I mean the illegal arrest, the unjust condemnation, even the beating, the spitting, and the crucifixion, friends, all of these simply accomplished the will of God. He did not fail in doing the will of the Father at all. In other words, it simply worked perfectly. Those religious leaders of the Lord's day, out of envy, jealousy, we say, well, sometime, you know, maybe conviction. Maybe they thought they'd had a genuine conviction. If they had had a sincere consideration for the Messiah, if they had paid attention to the voice of the prophets, if they had listened to Moses and the law, They would have identified the Son of God, and when they saw him perform one miracle after another, they knew. They knew at least something was unusual, and they knew he was a good man. They knew he had not committed one crime. (laughs) Even the governor understood that it was for envy that they had delivered him up, and this man's a heathen. He's not of the Jewish nation. He's of Rome He knew that for envy they had delivered him up. 
Somebody says, boy, you can't control that kind of thing. I mean, you've got mob violence here. You've got outright rebellion. You've got a deliberate determination to murder one they know to be a good man. There's no way you can... <laughs> he didn't miss one iota. Those men did exactly what God Almighty had determined in his power through which he could provide redemption for the very people that murdered him. Friends, without the shedding of blood is no remission. Hebrews 9 at verse 22. Christ shed his blood to redeem my soul. What did you say, Peter? Seeing his divine power hath granted unto us all things. That's interesting. I recall the Lord said to his apostles, uh, John chapter 16, verse 13, But when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he shall guide you into all truth. You know, the apostles, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, recorded A-L-L, all truth. It's ever been written right here. Every scripture inspired of God is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly, that's completely, thoroughly, totally, absolutely furnished unto Every, not some or most or a goodly portion, every good work. All of it is written right here. How is it that we have this book? By his divine power. When man alienated himself from God through sin, God set his heart, his mind, his effort to man's redemption. And through the rebellion of man, I mean and through the centuries of their rejection of God, Paying no attention to his will, <laughs> he accomplished perfectly his mission. Through the blood of Christ, I can be cleansed from sin. Now, we do know that his blood, of course, sealed this covenant. Uh, Hebrews 9, 16 and 17, but it's therein that all truth is revealed. Oh, it won't fail. No, no, it's validated by the blood of Christ. Uh, his word, just as is the master himself, the same yesterday today and forever. The words of Christ written in the New Testament, all truth, will be the very words by which you and I will be judged in the final analysis. Wonderful, isn't it? Seeing his divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know, it's interesting. People kind of get an idea that <clears throat> in broad terms, you know, we're, we're to be religious. You, I believe in God. Oh, yes, I believe that Christ is his son. Oh, yes, we want to be religious. Now, we're going to establish some churches. We're going to belong to religious institutions. We're going to teach theology. We're going to talk about God. We're going to teach doctrines. That, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's of no value. His divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness right here in this blood-sealed covenant, which is the only missive uh, message, uh, directive that we have from God. The manuals, disciplines, catechisms, confessions of faith, the Book of Mormon, the Koran, the ideas and opinions of a synod, a council, a conference, an association, or a convention, extraneous. As a matter of fact, lead men away from the Lord. And following them, man will stand condemned in the final analysis. You see, his great power through his love for us, by his grace or unmerited favor, has provided 
all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How's that? Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. Friend, the only knowledge of God that we have is written. Oh, sure, we can understand that God is. Yes, there is a supreme being. I can see that just by smelling of the rose. I know that by the beauty of the landscape on an early spring morning. I know that when I walk the forest floor made golden by the fallen leaves and autumn, it brings tears to my eyes. I know that God is. There's no question about that. It's evident, is it not? And then there is an innate quality in man. You know, from the beginning of time, no, no, man didn't know God. Uh, most men through the years have not known God. But then all men are religious. Sad. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, it results sometimes in every kind of an ungodly relationship and condition. Heathenism, bowing down to stones, kissing toes off statues. I mean, all kinds of ungodliness and heathenism. But proves one thing. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. Friend, you are going to worship. Yes, you are religious. There's no question about that. So I know that God is. Yes, there is a God. No question. That's innate. That, that's within me. Yeah, but uh, I know the God of heaven. I know the God of my salvation. I know the God who is the Father of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, only through the written, revealed, all-sufficient, totally authoritative revelation of that God. Ah, that was validated by the shed, of, shed blood of his Son. Friends, it's all written down. Seeing his divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. Knowledge of God is available only through the written word. He called us by his glory and virtue, Peter? Yes. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, Paul said, we're bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, for that God chose you from the beginning unto salvation in sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you through our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just a moment. Peter, you say that God hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. That's correct. How is the calling accomplished? How does he call men by his glory and virtue into a right relationship with the Master? Through the gospel, the good news of human redemption. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 13 and 14. That's the way we're called. There is no other means of calling man into a covenant relationship with God. There is no other possibility of man's redemption, his reconciliation with his maker, than through his obedience to the sample instructions contained in this written, revealed word, made valid, authoritative, by the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. It is so important that we read, that we study God's Word. Seeing His divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and virtue, whereby He hath granted unto us 
his precious and exceeding great promises, who God has granted unto us through his power, by his grace and glory, all of these precious promises. Isn't it wonderful when you read Romans 8.28 and similar passages? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. What? All things, I say, of a preacher. Man, we have negative circumstances. Uh, we have bills to pay with no money to do the job. I mean, we have sickness in our home, and we have a, a lovely relative that has terminal illness, and we just have all kinds of... Friends, lift your eyes. Listen to the Lord. Understand who you are. I've been healthy all my life, but I don't have many days left. I mean, I note some changes that are occurring. Somebody says, that's terrible. What do you mean terrible? That's great. That's great. So many changes in this whole world, so much iniquity and ungodliness in this whole world, so many negative influences and circumstances, and so many heartaches and so many losses and so much heartbreak and the loss of loved ones. Well, no wonder Solomon said, a good name is better than precious oil, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Ecclesiastes 7 at verse 1. Somebody said, wait, wait, wait a minute, preacher. The, the, the day of death is better than the day of one's birth. Why, certainly. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. What did that entail? Friends, just read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll tell you what it entailed. Man beaten, drug out of the city of Lystra and left for dead, despised by his own countrymen, mm, the object of their disdain and hatred, he was persecuted. He was cast into prison. They treated him shamefully at every point of the... What did you say, Paul? For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Philippians 1, verse 21. There's no question about that. To die is gain. What was that promise? All things work together for good. To everyone, no, sir. No, sir. But to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. What was that you said, Peter? Whereunto he called us by his own glory and virtue. Now we learn that the calling is through the gospel. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 13 and 14. And for those who respond to the good news of human redemption, those who give their lives in humble obedience and total submission to the Lord, which submission is made manifest in our obeying his instruction, Luke 6, 46, why call ye me Lord and do not the things which I say? He's the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him, Hebrews 5, 9. So then he called us uh, to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, indeed, indeed. And for those who are called, all things work together for good. Isn't that marvelous? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. You see, he hath granted unto us his marvelous, his exceeding precious promises. Isn't that something? We know we'll be victorious. Right there in chapter 8 of Romans, just beyond that 28th verse. Go to verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? 
Jesus Christ died, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, anguish, nakedness, famine, peril, sword, even as it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Through verse 39. That's a promise. Now that's a promise of the Christian. Friend, you walk with the Lord and you simply cannot lose in poverty or in wealth, in sickness or in health, in life or death. You commit your soul, your life, your love, your obedience makes all this manifest to the Lord. Friend, he'll provide for you. There is no way that you can lose walking with the Master. Seeing his divine power hath granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue, whereby he hath granted unto us his precious and exceeding great promises, that through these you may become partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Isn't that marvelous? How do I escape the corruption that's in the world? And I know that's the case. John tells me, 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, these are not of the Father, but of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. Oh, friends, we can be partaker of the divine nature. But someone says, I'm clothed in sinful flesh. Yes, that's what the blood of Christ does. Paul said, don't you know, brethren, that all we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. And if we've been planted with him in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And he explains there that God removes the old body of sin, that we should no longer live in bondage thereto. So we're raised from that watery tomb, he said in verse 4, to walk in newness of life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he said, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. That old world, that old worldly desire, those things that are sinful in nature, they've been done away. All things are become new. No, no. He doesn't take us out of the world. Sin is still here. Oh, yes, we still make mistakes. We still fall short. But that's what he's talking about in 1 John 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all unrighteousness. Marvelous indeed. Friend, he called us by his own glory and virtue. He made available to us his precious promises. That's by his grace and his goodness toward us. And he provided all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue, whereby he hath granted unto us his precious and exceeding great promises, that through these you may become partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. 
When you give your life to the Lord, faith, repentance, confession, and baptism, you belong to Christ. Perfect, used only in the sense of whole before the Lord. May God bless. The fact that you're watching our program today means you are interested in the study of God's Word. Because of that, we'd like to make you aware of an in-depth course of study that is available on video or audio through World Video Bible School. A wide variety of Bible subjects is covered in this material. For example, there's a very timely and excellent study of the doctrine of premillennialism taught by Rod Rutherford. This is just one of the many courses available to you through World Video Bible School. If you'll write to us here at Preaching the Gospel, we will send you a free catalog outlining the materials available through World Video Bible School. And then you may contact them directly to obtain these excellent study materials. Remember, they're available on video or audio. Write to us here at Preaching the Gospel for this free catalog. If you would like a free audio cassette tape of today's broadcast, you may contact us at Preaching the Gospel, Post Office Box 2253, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or you can email us at ptgwjw at aol.com. Be sure and include the tape number of today's telecast. If you would be interested in further Bible study in the privacy of your own home, you can contact us and we will be happy to send you a free Bible correspondence course. Preaching the Gospel encourages you to visit a service of a Church of Christ in your area. If you need help in locating one, be sure and contact us. Preaching the Gospel is sponsored by members of the Churches of Christ and is under the oversight of the Highland Church of Christ in Dalton, Georgia. And now, back to my father. Delightful, ladies and gentlemen, to enjoy this privilege, sharing the good news of human redemption. God loves you. Ah, oh, that's the main thing to remember. When Jesus hung on that cross, you remember what he said? I love you. Everything he said is, I love you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Love you. Even the people who murdered him, he was concerned with their spiritual welfare. Friends, he knows, we know, that we are immortal souls. We're going to live forever. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. No, no, these things simply must be because God made man in his own image a free moral agent. Now, in his love and mercy, he has provided through the gospel for my escape from the consequences of sin, enabling me to live a happy and joyous life and to live with him eternally in the final analysis. May God help us in the study and obedience to his word. You can reach Preaching the Gospel by calling 1-800-683-3120. Be sure and join us next week at the same time for Preaching the Gospel with James Watkins. Amen.